0: With the baptism today, um, we had a number of them earlier in the year. We've got another one next week, a couple more around the corner. I thought it would be a good time to reflect together uh, in the message once again on baptism, what baptism means, and especially why we baptize children, why we baptize uh, babies at faith. Our text is very brief. Uh, this is one of the verses that's in our baptismal form that explains baptism i didn't use that this morning we used other things to talk about the meaning of it but i chose this verse because it's an important verse explaining baptism uh, in our baptismal form i'm going to read the verse 39 but also the verse before it and it comes to us it's in the middle of peter's great sermon at pentecost so this is god's holy and infallible word peter replied Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. And this is the key verse. The promise is for you and your children and for all who are far off, for all whom the Lord our God will call. So baptism, and we're all quite aware of this, is one of those things that Christian churches differ on. There are those that believe in The big divide is between those who believe in adult baptism only and then churches like ours that believe in infant baptism and adult baptism when someone is converted as an adult later in life if they were not baptized as a child. And and churches can differ on how baptism is done too, dunking someone in all the way, sprinkling a little on the forehead and lots of things in between, Uh, you can do it. In a lake, in a pond, in the ocean. The story is told about the baptism of King Angus by Saint Patrick uh, back in the middle of the fifth century. Sometime during the sacrament, Saint Patrick leaned on his very sharp pointed staff and inadvertently stabbed the king's foot. After the baptism was over, St. Patrick looked down at all the blood, realized what he'd done, and he begged the king's forgiveness. He's like, why did you suffer this pain in silence? Well, the king replied, I thought it was all part of the ritual, this baptism thing. In the early years of the church, up to the time of the Reformation in the 1500s, the vast majority of the church... Baptized in a similar way, not including spears in the foot. Similar way, and baptized the babies of believers. At the time of the Reformation, a wing of the church really became convinced of what we call more Baptist theology today. And and to this day, there are many churches that hold to adult-only baptism. Many, most of like the non-denominational churches you see out there, Bible churches, uh, there are reformed Baptists, as well as uh, all kinds of Baptist denomination. We need to be really clear as a church that this difference of baptism is not a salvation matter. OK? Baptism is very important, but there are a whole lot of things that are more central to the Christian faith. Like Jesus and who he is, the atonement, right? The resurrection, the trinity, prayer, and so on. Adult baptism-only Christians are our brothers and sisters in Jesus. We have attenders and members at faith who don't hold to infant baptism, and you don't have to be convinced of infant baptism to be a member at faith. But my goal today is to bring us some reminders of what baptism is all about and to give some clarity on why we baptize our children as a church. This is one of those things that me, as well as a lot of pastors I know, people kind of constantly have questions about it, kind of wonder, especially because a lot of times if you're visiting churches or whatever, they don't necessarily baptize babies. Many do, but many don't too. And what we're going to see is at the heart of our understanding of baptism as a church, is what we've been talking about this summer, the promise of God. That's our emphasis. Baptist brothers and sisters, of course, also believe in the promises of God. But in talking about baptism, for them, there's a greater emphasis on our faith at baptism. We emphasize our faith at profession of faith. But we believe God's promise... To us, is the special emphasis at the time of baptism. What I want to start out with are wrong reasons to baptize our children. And there are three I'm going to list. The first two of these are mentioned as wrong reasons in our church's baptism liturgy. We read there, we must use the sacrament for the purpose that God intended and not use it out of custom. Or superstition so we the first one we must not baptize out of custom or we might say tradition that's a little more we must not baptize out of custom or tradition we've always done it this way that's not a reason to baptize children I'm sure you've heard the story of the woman who always cut the ends of the ham off before putting it in the oven for Christmas her daughters learned this from her and When they had their own homes, every Christmas they did the same for years and years. One year, when the mother was much older and one of her daughters was hosting Christmas dinner, the mother happened to notice for the first time that her daughter was doing this, and she said, dear, why in the world are you cutting the ends off of the ham? The daughter said, well, mother, that's how you always did it. The mother laughed and said, that's only because it was the only way that large ham fit in the small pan we had when your kids were growing up. Your oven and your pan is much bigger than the one when you were a kid. You can cook the whole ham. Traditions can be very good things in life and good in our life of faith, but we never want to do things merely out of tradition, blindly, without understanding. We don't baptize our children just because maybe our parents baptized us and our grandparents baptized them. We want to know the purpose for what we're doing, the meaning of it. The other reason listed in our baptismal form is out of superstition. How can people baptize their babies out of superstition, you think? I kind of looked up what... what, What is superstition exactly? And I think this definition is right. Superstition is an irrational belief that one event causes another, that one thing follows from another, when in reality there's no connection between those two things. It's like like having a good luck charm. Good things will happen to me if I have this rabbit's foot or whatever it is on my person Some athletes, I've heard, have been known to have like a lucky pair of socks. They have to wear those socks for a big game. Worse, I've heard of like tennis players never washing that pair of lucky socks for an entire tournament, which can be many matches. It's very gross. Lamar Odom, the ex-NBA player, who I know something about because he was on the Lakers. Uh, You know I like the Lakers. He once ate candy for breakfast had a very good game later that day. I think that happened one other time, and then from then on, he ate candy for breakfast on every game day. Superstition. There's no connection between eating candy for breakfast and having a good game. Karma. That's a kind of superstition. An irrational belief that somehow, if you do something good or bad, that it will, through the universe come back to you exactly. You know, one for one corresponds. That there's a link between events that have no real connection. And baptism, our form tells us, can be approached, but it shouldn't be, as a superstition. And a way we might do that is to think that somehow that water itself is special or magical because it's put on the baby's head by a pastor with the blessing To think there's something about that water, it's like a potion, like a lucky charm for our child. They have that special potion, and now they go through life, everything's going to be golden for them. The reality is, you and I, we're people of faith. We don't need false crutches, empty crutches like superstition to get through life. When we're given something so much more, right? When we're given something so much better, we are given and we have the promises of our God, these things that are real and true foundations that we can really depend on and really take comfort in. One more wrong reason to baptize is out of something that we call presumption. Presumption. It's presuming that our baptized children are saved i've come across a number of people one who visited our church just a couple of months ago who don't believe in infant baptism because they think that in churches where babies are baptized they presume that that's the same as salvation that we assume this so this is assuming that because of baptism everything is all set and done not much more really needs to be done Baptism means salvation. And there's a fancy word for this presumptive regeneration. The child's heart is presumed regenerated because of baptism. And we can fall into that mistaken notion. If a pastor has this kind of mentality in, say, a church like this, he might preach in such a way that there is never. Or there is rarely a call to salvation. He might rarely call people to faith because everyone's baptized. We can assume pretty much everyone's saved. But we don't presume baptism saved as a church. We raise our kids in the Lord. We teach them God's word. We disciple them. We bring them to Jesus in our Sunday school classes. We pray toward them giving their hearts to the Lord so that they are converted and profess their faith in Jesus and then live their whole lives in response to his love. Amen? As a church, we call people everywhere in Jesus to be saved to believe in Jesus, to be saved. People outside the church, people in the church, new to the church, people born in the church. Why, what do we believe are the right reasons to baptize then? Rather than custom, superstition, or presumption, we baptize our children because of God's promise. Baptizing our children is especially about the promise of our God. Three Right reasons to baptize, keeping in mind the promise of our God. First, baptism acknowledges that God promises to include our children in the covenant. Baptism acknowledges that God promises to include our children in the covenant. We asked Chris and Mindy, you heard it. Do you believe that your child, though sinful by nature, is received by God in Christ as a member of the covenant and therefore ought to be baptized? We believe babies ought to be baptized because baptism is a sign of belonging to the covenant. And God promises in his word to include the children of believers in his covenant. In Genesis 17, the Lord instituted circumcision as the Old Testament sign of the covenant. And he said to Abraham, I will establish my covenant between me and you and your descendants after you. And on that basis, believers in the Old Testament, starting with Abraham, gave their children the sign of God's promise. Just boys circumcision because it was a very patriarchal society. Women and girls were also included in the covenant, of course. But it was sort of through the boys and the men who are circumcised. Now, God's word indicates that baptism is the New Testament sign of the covenant. And we believe as a church that children continue in New Testament times to be included in God's covenant, not excluded now. Continue, we continue to include our children. 1 Corinthians 7 says that the children of believers are holy. In that sermon in Acts 2, we heard that the promise of the Holy Spirit and the forgiveness of sins were for the listeners and their children. As children of believers in the Old Testament received the sign of the covenant, the sign of the promise, it was circumcision, we believe they should also today receive the covenant sign, which the New Testament says now is baptism. 1 Corinthians 10, in that chapter, Paul talks about the people of Israel. He uses the term baptism, being baptized into the sea. And that Red Sea crossing, he describes as an image, an explanation of baptism as they escaped Egypt. Uh, One pastor, this is when I was a little kid, I remember this, one pastor reflected, now do you think that the people of Israel, when they were about to cross the sea on that dry ground, do you think they left their children over on the Egypt side and said, we, we, we hope that one day you'll join us on the other side? The pastor said, no way. They scooped up their children. They took their kids with them because they were part of the covenant people, part of the people of God. And they, too, were saved from Pharaoh and his army. And and so we baptize our children because baptism acknowledges that God promises, says in his word, to include our children in the covenant. Second, baptism signifies God's promise of the washing away of our sins. And this is very key to the meaning of baptism. It's why we baptize with water. It's a promise of God that our sins are washed away and forgiven and that we have eternal life in Jesus alone baptism doesn't wash away our sins the water doesn't wash away our sins Jesus does the water of baptism signifies points us to that promise of God believe in Jesus and be saved it's a picture Sometimes people have called the sacraments, it's the Lord's Supper and Baptism, the visual word. God's promises, God's word illustrated in visual format. God knew that these visual signs signifying God's promise to wash away our sins in Jesus would help us. It's to point us beyond the sign to Jesus. Jesus. And that's why we don't just baptize with no explanation because we would get sucked in, we just think it's all about the sign. No, we talk about what it means. This is about Jesus and his love for us. Pointing to believing in Jesus. Third, finally, baptism reminds us of God's promise that we belong to Jesus. It reminds us. I've talked about this before Remembering in the Bible is never just thinking back fondly about something in the past. Biblical remembering, covenant remembering is always always involves action. When we read in the Bible that God remembered his people, He also acts after that. Beginning of Exodus, when God's people are in slavery in Egypt, we read that God heard the people's groanings and he remembered his covenant with them. This is the end of Exodus 2. Does God's remembering mean he just sort of thought fondly back to the days when Abraham walked the earth and he had this special time with Abraham? No. No. He thought back. He remembered. But then he acted. And how did he act? He called Moses. He saved his people from Egypt. He took them out of there. Likewise for us, remembering in the context of God's promise and baptism is a calling to mind all that God has done so that we act. So that we respond. That's how we're for the parents, there's a responsibility to raise that child in the Lord, to teach them God's ways and God's word in the home as they grow up. Family devotions and prayer, modeling the faith, talking about what God has done for them, keeping that child close to the covenant people in worship, taking advantage of all the opportunities for discipleship and spiritual growth that God's people provides, like children's ministries here and youth groups and service opportunities. And for the baby, the child, there's a responsibility as he or she grows to respond to the promises of baptism, to say yes to Jesus. We think, of course, of public profession of faith, but also all sorts of other age appropriate responses to Jesus that we look for as the child grows up. That might happen through a discussion at the a dinner table, it might happen on a Gems or Cadets night. Might happen in VBS, might happen in a Sunday school class. And I'll tell you, I know I got kids in all those ages. I know in our church it's happening in all those places in powerful ways. I've talked to you, I've talked to teachers and counselors, parents, where these covenant children are, are saying, Yes, I love Jesus. I give my heart to Jesus. It's awesome. This reminder of God's promise is for the Slinkmans today in a beautiful and a very special way. It's for Elena who's just fast asleep, resting in her dad's arms. It's not just for them, though. Every time we see a promise, it's a reminder of our baptism. Whether you were baptized as a baby, whether you were baptized as an adult, it's a reminder for us. It's why we do this in public worship and not privately in people's homes. It's a public reminder for all God's people. We see a baptism, like today, and we think, hey, I'm baptized too. I belong to Jesus. And yeah, that means I'm called to live like I belong to Jesus every day. And here's how I can do that more and better in my life. My call to... The ordained ministry came during my college years as I volunteered in a church that was recently planted. And that church reached many people who were new to the faith, just learning for the first time of what it meant to belong to Jesus. I remember a couple there. The husband and the wife grew up in a non-believing home. And they experienced some really rough times over the course of of their life as a result of living far from God. But God led them to himself. They came to understand the promises of God for them and their child after them. So when this baby was born, we ta- they talked about those things with the pastor. They were just amazed. They were so thankful. They were so filled With joy, and it meant for them that with this child now, that they had their first child, because of God's grace, they could start fresh in building their home on Jesus' promises. Their upbringing was so good, and it wasn't so good, in fact, it was pretty bad, but because of God's promise their little one wouldn't have to experience those years and years of being far from God, but she could be a part of the covenant, a child of the promise, and they could move forward together now by God's grace, living according to his promises. That makes all the difference in our lives. And so why do we baptize our children here? Ultimately, and especially, it's because of God's promise. That is something sure and real and reliable, on which we can base our lives according to God's Word. We stand on God's promise in baptism, and we do that every single one of us, day by day, when we live by faith, basing our lives on our Savior Jesus. Amen.